You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 55. I've got great ideas. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. And if you're a returning listener, well, thanks for coming on back. You can you're find back. you're back. You can find us on the Twitter sphere at Jody Livingston. And at Chris Trent. And, of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode you can find on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 055. And it's a good one. It's a good one. Joe, so what's up with your world, man? Are you uh, geared up? So in our world, we're gearing up for spring break. As a matter of fact, I think when this episode comes out, uh, we'll actually be on spring break. What are you doing over spring break, bro? Yeah, us too. We've got, uh, we got family coming in, so we're actually not leaving. We're hosting. no youth ministry trip scheduled for you that week though. No, we've got, because of the way it falls for us with Easter, it yeah, makes it, it makes it tough. Um, it so a, it's a hard, it's a hard, uh, yeah. Easter complicates that just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we're actually, we're doing a little mission trip that week oh, down cool. to Orlando, Florida. Nice. So, guess what folks are listening to this, I'll be in Orlando. It'll be Beautiful. warmer there. Yeah. Than yeah. it is here right now. I'm actually also, uh, the end of next, you know, the end of that, uh, spring break week. Also, I'm speaking over at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas at youth lab. Cool. So we'll be talking about the book a little bit. So really pumped about that. So you just got family coming in, though, man. That's well, cool. We got family coming in. And then, um, we're of course, youth ministry wise, we're gearing up summer calendaring and starting to look Summer. at the fall even a bit the fall i know long range planning because if we'll we help don't be do, a long time youth pastor absolutely if we don't do it now we won't because once summer hits it's just uh, running the race well speaking of summer today's summer. podcast bro it's so good God, it's long and if you listen i listen to podcasts and uh some are short and some are long uh, and the ones that are long, I just push pause and I keep listening to later. Okay. So I think you can handle it, but I'm telling you, if you're thinking about youth camp, if you, if you want information, great ideas about youth camp, if you want to do a deep dive into youth camp, uh, man, this episode is oh, it's so good. It's and our, so and, good. And our, and our guest, Mr. Roger Davis, uh, Roger Davis, uh, he, Helps lead the team over at uh, YM360. They do generate camp, but he doesn't just talk about what they do. He talks about all camps in general, tells stories, old stories. It's fabulous. Super so, practical. Super. I mean, so generally when we're doing interviews, I'm taking notes for the show notes. And I'll end up you know, with a decent amount. I, I have pages of notes. And some of them, personally, are just for me. Not oh, even for the show. I kid you not. <laughs> Dude, there's a couple of things he said. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. I don't know. Why haven't I been yeah, doing why that? Why haven't I done yeah. that before? I'm going to write that down. So when I have an interview like that and I finish and I have notes for the show notes and then I have notes for me, 
like I know, man, this is this is going to be really really good. So I'm I'm excited for for you to listen and uh, and hear this wisdom that Mr. Roger Davis drops because well, it's it's, so. it's fantastic. Well, all right, well let's take a listen to this thing. You ready? Yeah, man. So let's jump in here. Here is today's interview with Roger Davis. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, Roger, thanks for uh, coming on the show today, taking some time out of your day here to come on um, and talk about camps. We're excited you're here, man. Thanks for having me. Chris is uh, exceptionally giddy today. I, dude, I am always giddy. First of all, that is uh, very true. You got to work. If you work with middle schoolers, you got to be giddy sometimes, Chris. No doubt, no, no doubt about it. Dude, Roger Davis is with us, of course, and we talked about that already. But hey, man, Roger, thanks for being on, bro. And uh, I've known Roger for a pretty good while because of camp. And uh, Jody, you guys have met as well, I think, right? We've kind of talked over the years, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, my oldest daughter um, was dealing with some epilepsy stuff. And in the midst of that, Roger also has a son, Sterling, who uh, right. who has dealt with that. And so that was uh, that was a, for us, man. That was a great connection, even though it, it probably initially wasn't very personal. Just to kind of follow that journey as we were walking through that as well was super encouraging. So, so here's the deal, Roger Davis. Is it safe to say that you? love camp now i know you love jesus but don't you also have a high regard a passion for camp isn't that true i mean your your life your roger when i think camp i think roger davis is that true is that fair to say is that a stretch well i, I don't know if it's a stretch of what you think maybe we don't want to get in <laughs> but i mean it's been a huge part of who i am and, and just kind of what i do uh, give us a little history out. there how, how, how is that how, how, how has it gotten to that point yeah i mean you know when i was in well first of all when i was in high school i, I was like man i'm going to be involved in student ministry for me it was like okay i know god's called me to ministry and, you know oftentimes we don't even talk about the word called to ministry anymore um, but i felt very much like god was calling me to ministry and i was like okay you can be a pastor you can be a missionary you can be a music minister well, well that wasn't going to happen and, you know, go down the list, and here I am, 17 years old, I'm going to do student ministry. And I uh, just passionately felt like that, to the point of, I remember my mom, she started buying me suits back in the day. And so she was buying me suits to the point of I had so many suits. And then ironically, where I end up is my freshman year of college, I got connected with camp ministry. I'd grown up doing Boy Scout camp, so for me, camp was always in the woods, you know, those types of experiences. I worked Boy Scout camp. And then I got involved in camp ministry, an old program called Cross Point. Back in the day, Lifeway had a program called Cross Point. And I did that for five summers. A uh, really phenomenal experience. And just uh, my horizons were, were expanded. I had so many tools put in my toolbox as a, as a person and as a minister. Um, so that kind of started me on a journey, uh, very much still called the ministry. Um, uh, ironically, here I am almost 30 years later, and people are still wondering when I'm going to get a real job, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Don't aren't we all right? Welcome, aren't we all? To, welcome to every listener right now. Just went well. Duh. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, so that's what we do. We do camps, but but one of the reasons why, guys, I do it is, um, and there's even this conversation that's been going on about 
are camps valuable? Is there valuable in, in the, taking your kids to camp? We all know they're expensive. Uh, it's a lot of resource time. It's a lot of uh, time as well. Uh, but for me, first of all, even as I look, look in the scriptures, it's like Jesus modeled camp. Uh, now, you may say, well, I can't find anywhere in my translation where Jesus went to camp. If we knew where Jesus went to camp, that'd be cool. Let's all go to that camp. Um, but the reality <laughs> is Jesus modeled this whole model of uh, removing ourselves from our daily lives and focusing intimately with the Father and focusing with our core group. And that's kind of what camp is when you think about it. I mean, you remove yourself from your, your daily life, your routine, and you focus intimately on time with the Father. And then really your core group, your student ministry, kind of who you're going. Hopefully, you, you obviously bring in more people. I'm not saying we don't bring other people. But my point is it's not everybody I go to high school with, everybody I go to middle school with, everybody I do like with. We remove ourselves from that, and we create this very intentional time. And that's what camp is. So I continue to believe that camp has great value. And one of the reasons for that is at the end of a week, I look back and it's like, you know what? God showed up. God did what God does. Um, and he's uh, worked in and hopefully through students as they kind of go home. So yeah, did, did uh, the Lifeway events and then I uh, did 19 years uh, serving with an organization called Student Life. Phenomenal time during that time serving churches. And uh, a lot of that was through camp and, and live events. And a handful of years ago, YM360, uh, join that team there and continuing to try to serve churches through that camps. Um, so, okay, let me ask this question because I think, uh, so I came like the first time I ever went to youth camp yeah. was as a youth pastor. Um, my youth group was really small growing up. I grew up in uh, East Tennessee there. And hey, my home's just, Oak Ridge. I'm from East Tennessee as well. I don't know if you know that, Jody. It, yeah, I knew you were a Tennessee fan. We've always shared that. Which means I've been in therapy smart, for about a dozen people. years. Good. Yeah, that's right. So yes. we... Uh, <laughs> hey, don't knock it. Um, so I grew up in Johnson City, yeah. you know, up in East Tennessee, and just a small church, a good church, a small church. So camp for us was never a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I became a youth pastor, all of a sudden I'm taking kids to camp. So I'm experiencing it for the first time as I'm trying to lead it, yeah. you know, which, which is not very easy. Right. I mean, it, it, there was a whole lot of unknowns going into that for me. One of the struggles that I found initially, cause even, even initially I was very small church. This church I served at was we would go away to camp. We'd have this amazing experience and we would see God do tremendous things in the lives of the students and uh, everything was really, the worship was really dynamic. The speaking was really, but then we came back to very small church, traditional hymns. And what I found the challenge of is how do I get these kids to see that what they do at home, yeah. it has every bit of an opportunity to be an impact. And like that same worship, yeah. right? That engaging worship is, is beyond the experience of camp. So, I'm a big believer in camp, and I love it. I mean, I love camp, and I love watching what God does in the lives of the students who are there. But I think a lot of times where I've seen the struggle is, okay, when we get back from camp, yeah, you know, um, how what do you what have you seen as far as you know that? Because I think let me let me let me clarify a little more. I, being at a larger church. Um, now, 
it doesn't that that gap doesn't seem as broad yeah right it's um but initially that was a big struggle for us and um you know I, we 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 managed to to deal with that and our kids loved going they would continue to go but in the back of my mind always i'm like okay how do we get them back yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts, Jody. You know, first of all, um, the church you grew up in—that's more the norm. Um, you know, most churches are obviously not not big churches. Um, you know, we we kind of see uh, the average church size is probably somewhere in their twenties. If you go to like a missions type camp, missions experience, you're going to be closer to twenty. If you go to maybe more of a traditional camp, um, and there's a lot of really good ones out there. You know, you might see twenty-seven, twenty-eight, um, but you're probably in that church that's less than ten. You know, I always joke and say yeah. sometimes you show up and it's like we all know each other. We know everything about we're actually cousins. Um, you know, right. So we all know <laughs> each other. Um, but I love churches like that because you just see something, you know, in them where they uh, that they really um, are, are able to do some 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 pretty quality things over the course of that week and just kind of have their I don't want to say their minds blown, but just the horizons expanded. Maybe it would be a better way to say that. I'm a firm believer. I say this all the time. Camp really has little value if all you do is walk away from it with an experience and a T-shirt to prove that you were there. You know, it's really got to impact the other 51 weeks out of the year. And so that's life was intended to be lived in that capacity, in that way. Yeah, we have these spiritual markers along the way. Camp can definitely be, be a spiritual marker. Um, but at the end of the day, we retreat from those experiences. We kind of have the moments like we do at camp, and then we re-engage with, with life. Um, and it's important for us to see that that's where we're supposed to be intended. Just like if you went on a mission trip, you know, it's like, oh, I was on a mission trip. No, we live life on mission. We just happen to be doing it this, this week in this current context. We live life as worshipers. This week, we just happen to be a very concentrated environment doing it at camp. I, I had some kids uh, many years ago, and they were like, hey, man, this week has been phenomenal. We've had a great, you know, great time. But man, we just don't worship like this at our church. We just don't um, you know, we just don't do this type of thing at our church because they said, Hey, we have an idea on Sunday morning. We're going to go back to our church. We're all going to sit in the front row. And whenever our worship pastor comes out, we're just all going to raise our hands. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, well, you, you <laughs> that's it. Not exactly what we're going for here. Yeah. That's, you know, it's been a, it's been a great environment here. There's been a lot of freedom. Maybe you we're don't never, we're anymore. never sending our kids back to camp again with that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, the, the point is, obviously, uh, even, even physical acts of worship, and that, that's got to be an outward expression of what's happening in the heart. And the reality is, at camp, sometimes we're just really focused on it. Again, I mentioned a mission trip earlier. Isn't it amazing that God does amazing things on a mission trip? Well, why? We go in with the expectation and the focus that God's going to do amazing things on a mission trip. Same thing at camp. Isn't it amazing that when we have concentrated time in the Word together in the morning and personally, and we pray and we focus our minds and our hearts and we worship, it's an amazing experience. Well, guess what? That's available to every single one of us every day of our life. We just have to help young people figure out the handles of how to achieve that. And so this is why, man, a young person who's going to high school or whatever, they can be like, man, I can begin my morning in worship and have an amazing day where all day long I walked with God and had amazing things happen because guess what? I was expecting, I was looking, I was focused on that. And that's just, that's kind of what we happen at camp. I know, Chris, you see that all the time with your students when they go home as, as middle schoolers. How does it impact you guys 52 weeks out of the year? Yeah, you know, I, so the thing for me, I think 
camp for us camp has to be a part of of who we are all together so it's a part of our overall experience right so the way that works hopefully in the life of a middle school kid is it adds value to the walk that we're already uh hopefully encouraging them in in the course of the other 51 weeks like you said the other 51 weeks um so camp is that extra moment uh for them uh to to dig in dig deeper and of course for us it also ends up being a great week of outreach as well yeah uh, a lot of kids that uh don't know christ or don't have a close walk with christ i've just seen over the years man just so many people uh so many kids understand really for the first time and take it take that to a totally different level you know because of what god does at camp and i think a lot of that is tied to the fact that like you talked about you know you're kind of getting away from everything you're separating everything i'd like to dig dig down on all that just a little bit because here's what i'm thinking you know when it comes to listeners a lot of our a lot of our folks that listen they're fairly new to this uh and so when we think about youth camp i hear you saying some of the things roger and, and as a guy who's done this for a long time i'm resonating with all of them uh, they make perfect sense to me, but I'm also sitting here thinking uh, the example Jody gave just a minute ago, how he had never really went to camp, but now he's at a yeah. church where he has to take kids to camp, you know, whenever he started a thousand years ago. Uh, so, <laughs> love dig. Uh, so, so that said, when you when we think about somebody who's just sort of still sort of new in this youth ministry world, and all of a sudden they're responsible to load up a 15 passenger van full of kids and take them to youth camp. Let's let's drill down for just a second. Talking about some of the basics, like how how would you promote camp if you're at a yeah. church like that that's got like 15, 20 kids, uh, especially if it's something maybe y'all have not done very often. How do you maybe sell that from the standpoint of man, you know, camp? First of all, I don't think it is expensive for what you get. To be clear. oh no, not for what you get. For what you it's get, just, it's, it's not. But it is, mom, but it is expensive a science camp or a baseball camp. And they're like, Oh, they don't even think twice about it, but they're like church camp. Why is church camp? You know, if I, I go to the beach on spring break, I'm not thinking at all about what I'm spending, but you know, it's yeah. five days, bunch of meals, you know, that kind of deal. We, we sometimes get a little bit more picky. Totally. Totally. And so that said, so look, let's think about the, somebody kind of knew it, knew at this. Let's yep. talk about promotion for a second. What are some ideas, uh, Jody, you've seen, um, uh, Roger, that you've seen like that, because again, Roger, the beautiful thing is we're sitting here with a guy who's been doing this for almost 30 years or 30 years or so. And you've seen a lot of guys do a bunch of different things when it comes to promotion. And you're also trying to help do and generate camp like you do. You're trying to help youth pastors. Uh, would that be even an easier experience? But, uh, what, what, what comes to y'all's mind with that? Well, I, I would say, first of all, Actually doing it helps. You know, it's amazing how many guys I talk about, man, we just don't have a lot of kids interested. I'm like, what have you done? Well, we mentioned it one, on Wednesday night one time. You know, and I'm like, you know, no, you got to literally think about like an ad campaign. If I'm running for governor, or I'm running for senator. I mean, we're going to blitz this thing and we're going to make sure that students know this is where you want to be. And so there's obviously a ton of things. You know, if, if, if the camp you're going to provides posters, you know, get those up. If not, make your own posters, social media uh, worship guides, e-blast, stage time, you know, all sorts of stuff. What I would do is get a sheet of paper out or get your computer out and say strategy. You know, what's my strategy going to be? I promise you when Eisenhower and those guys were taking Normandy, they had a strategy. So when things came, they could make adjustments. And just the same way, we got to have a strategy how we're going to promote camp. 
You know, what are all the things? Let's learn from what we've done in the past. But if you're like Jody, where you've never been in the past, you know, maybe you say, okay, this is all news to, new to me. Maybe you go to, there's chats and different things out there you can go to and ask other guys, how do you promote camp? What do you guys, maybe the organization you're going with, if you're going to a prepackaged camp, they may have resources and ways to be able to do that. I know that's one of the things we do is we provide a ton of assets. It's actually one of the benefits of going to, to, a, to a camp like a student life or a fuge or CIY or big stuff or what we do at Wine360 would generate. You know, the reality is we should be providing you all those things. Now, you just have to be diligent of actually doing them in a good timeline of getting them up. Like yeah, so you I talk to guys and they're like saying, man, I, we've been trying to take deposits, but we haven't even put our posters up. Roger, and you know what's interesting is, 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 is you and I have been friends for a while, and, and I happen to know a lot of those folks as well that lead some of those other established camps. I don't know all of them, but I, I know some of them. And yeah. uh, I cannot think of a guy, though, that if I were to pick up the phone and call – if I were to call the guys over at Lifeway related to student life or centrifuge, if I were to call, uh, you know, the big stuff guys or any of those guys, uh, if I were to call the guys like at super wild here in Georgia, Baptist world, you yeah. know, I can't think of it. And, and I know with you, if I called and said, Hey man, I need some help. Can you help me? Yeah. I don't know of any of these, these organizations that wouldn't say, heck yeah, we'll help you. Yeah. Hey, we'll help you. We'll, we'll, we'll help you come up with you some ways. make that phone call and they say, no, they want to help you. Definitely pick a new camp. That would be yeah. one of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Rule number one. Lesson but, yeah, and I, like I said, I know all those guys. They're going to help you. They're, they're yes, going to course, come yeah. in and say, hey, what can we do to, to make this thing really, really good for you? Um, if, you're listening, don't, if you're listening, don't miss what Roger said. This is so huge. Um, the moment you, you've got an event like this, and Jody and I like to talk a lot about, man, you know, you just got to act like it, it's we joke about Jimmy Fallon a lot. You know, every every guest, every game, everything is the best thing ever with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, I think with camp, man, this is going to be the best thing we do. This is going to be the best thing we do. First of all, having a little bit of attitude like that. Uh, but then with that, taking the time to write out a strategy yeah. on a piece of paper down to when I'm going to post things on social media. I'm going to play a game that's a cross promotion game. I'm going to promote this one way. And I would even go as far as every once in a while being intentional about not uh, advertising three or four things at the same time, but rather drilling down to one one promotional piece from stage. Yeah. So if you're here on a Sunday morning, you stand up, you don't promote, hey, they're recruiting VBS workers, and hey, don't forget if you wanted to go to that pizza thing we're doing Thursday night to sign up, and hey, also don't forget about camp but rather you just simply talk about camp and you promote camp. Well, again, like, like a blitz. Yeah, right, blitz, Jeff? totally. Yeah, I was going to say, what? I think this goes for any event you're doing, right? I mean, yeah. you, you need to be intentional to promote every... I, I see so many youth pastors who struggle to get students who attend things, and it's largely because they just ex, they just assume that if we plan something, that people will show up. And so you want to make it really easy for them to fail at showing up. So... You need to be promoting like crazy. Don't assume either that one way of promoting is going to reach everyone. So you need to send emails to your parents. You need to be yep. posting on social media. You need to be sending mailers home. You need to be announcing it. If you're doing videos, like you have kind of a multifaceted aspect that you're doing all at once. And I would even say what's been helpful for me over the years is to back calendar um, the into the event. So, you know, if it's a, we, I think a lot of times with like a disciple now weekend where we're having to plan a lot of it, we know, okay, I've got to have these things in place. But when it comes to like camp, 
where we're not necessarily doing everything when we're there, the only thing we really calendar are deadlines. Yeah, you're, you're not um, doing everything for money. unless you do your own camp. Those guys out there that maybe decide to do their own camp, I call them crazy. Um, you know, yeah. just, I was, I was, I was crazy for seven years. Yeah. At, uh, <laughs> You've been redeemed. No, yeah, but I'm the reality is, and a lot of people, you know, I'm joking, obviously, when I say that, but a lot of people, it really works well for them. But you can spend so much of your time being an administer of the gospel rather than a minister. You're just doing stuff all the time. Hmm. So obviously, Jody, what you're speaking about is you're going to have, hopefully, if you go to a, a good quality camp where they're doing some of the programming and the infrastructure, um, you know, it's really important for you to be going someplace where you're still getting great time with your students. Because if we're going to spend the time promoting, we're going to spend the time preparing, and we're going to obviously get there and do, we want that time to be extremely valuable. And uh, that's, yeah. that's just, uh, that only happens. It's great for you to get training and being off in classes and doing all that stuff, but you need to be with your students um, because you need to have those uh, moments with them on that spiritual marker that are really, really quality. And so, and I've seen guys do all sorts of stuff, you know, people that, hey, I give a bracelet out. When I register for camp, everybody gets a bra- bracelet. And you only get it once you register. I've seen people give T-shirts out. And, you know, hey, if you're going camp, everybody who's going, wear your T-shirt on Wednesday night. And now the kid who shows up without a T-shirt, hey, come to camp with us. I've seen guys write letters to the coaches and say, hey, this is our week for camp. You know, we really want to dedicate this week. And that we actually give a modeled a letter for coaches that youth pastors can use to write to their coaches. That's a big issue a lot of times with, with student ministry over the course of the summer. It just goes back to the word strategy. Making sure that there's going to be great value in this experience. Um, and if you're going and you believe in it, you obviously want it to be good. And so uh, one of the things I would say, too, is don't just talk to the participants. Don't just talk to the students. you got to communicate with the parents. you got to make sure yes. that you're yeah. And a lot of people in student ministry don't realize that student ministry is parent ministry. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You know, a good right. bit of your time you're spending to communicate with parents if you're going to be effective. It's not but just I don't like, but I don't like parents. Jody, why would you say that? Jody, yeah. why would you say you don't like parents, Jody? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I am a parent. <laughs> so I was but joking. You, you know how that. it is. I mean, the seventh grader, even the twelfth grader, you can communicate to them all day long, but you got to get it on mom and dad's calendar. And that's why I say as early as possible. I mean, uh, I know some churches, 12 months out, they're going to have it on their calendar. I, I have some friends that's the race to see who's going to get the church van first, children's ministry, youth ministry, oh, yeah. and just really get it all on there. And so just make sure that we're working towards that. And part of that, that that's big time important, folks, if you're listening, please hear this. Um, and and again, this this sounds like old Paul Paul talking here, you know, old old daddy youth pastor. And well, you are old, thank you, Jody, for reminding me of that again. Um, so that said, I can just tell you now, as a guy who you know has a junior in high school and has a eighth grade daughter that now has to sign kids up for things. Um, when I was in my twenties, I just I wasn't smart enough then, and that was probably me. And I, maybe some other guys are better at that than me, but I did not think clearly through how big of a deal signing kids up for events uh, really is. And now as a, as a guy who's having to sign my kids up for just everything, I know that the sign-up process for an event like camp, it really matters. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to your promotion piece here under this umbrella of promotion and it comes to how to do this with parents, think as you're sitting there with that piece of paper strategizing on how to do camp, uh, the how you're going to have them sign up and trying to eliminate busiest uh, busy stuff for the heck, for the sake of busy stuff as much as possible, um, 
is huge. Oh, side note, by the way, Roger Davis, let me just tell you this. This is, this is happening right now. The fact that you guys just went to the online parent form. Yeah. God, stop. I mean, game changer for me, bro. Like, right, I'm so not kidding. We still, we still do the old fashioned way, you know, get why we like don't need them. Like, awesome. so we already had this conversation in my office and literally, uh, uh, my, my sister was like, Hey, are we going to send out the paper as well? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> they can line and do it. And so I, I love that. And that's not the only way to do it, obviously. And we still need yeah. a paper for some folks and all that, but it's those kind of little things when it comes to getting a parent. So just think through that process and you have to know your, you have to know your circumstances. Maybe you're at a place where you don't have online registration as a possibility. Okay. I get that. Um, if you're walking around with an envelope still, but whatever that is, make the process clear and easy and try to eliminate busy. Um, instead of doing three deposits, maybe do two. Uh, so you're not, so you're creating less work or whatever. Um, even if you are giving them the option of making more than one payment, also make sure you say to some of them, and if you just want to pay it all right now, I'll take it all right now, just so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Um, it's those type of little things. Well, and, and we kind of, you know, mentioned obviously the participants, students, you know, and parents, I, I'm a firm believer too, that you got to get your pastor involved. Oh yeah. And, so, you know, letting them know, not just kind of what's on the church calendar, but does your pastor know why you guys go to camp? Not just because it's expected, we've done it for 50 years, you know, or whatever. And, um, but why do you, why have you made camp an important part of your strategy? And I've seen guys that have done it well, they get their pastor involved, and there's a lot of different ways you can get your pastor involved. Um, but one of the things is on the front end, man, when your pastor can even talk about it in church, hey, you know, if your kids or whoever's doing announcements in big church, as we sometimes say, you know, just making sure that for those kids that maybe aren't, you know, core kids or they're not showing up on Wednesdays or Sundays, but they're showing up or mom and dad are there showing up at your church. You know, when your pastor or your church as an entire body is behind your camp experience, you're going to have more success, obviously, numerically, because you're going to have more kids in there. But it becomes a bigger part of the totality of your strategy there in student ministry. And so it's important when, you, when you're thinking about your pastor like that, too. Another tip here for our listeners is to not burn that currency with your pastor on little things when you really need to save that currency for something like camp or the big mission trip or maybe like a D-Now uh, type experience, whatever your bigger things are, but your fellowship coming up, your, you know, your, your after church fellowship coming up, maybe not try to burn currency, getting him to promote that as much, uh, as much as like really focusing on the, uh, bigger events. Now, do you see a lot of pastors coming to camp still, Roger? I know like, um, currently I'm in a setting where that's just not possible, but prior, prior to where I'm serving now, uh, that my pastor had made the decision that was like his, his week to really dig in and, uh, show up. And, uh, our pastor here does that at D now he, he participates in D now yeah. a massive, massive way here. Um, but, uh, uh, for my, my old church, my pastor came to camp and he, he wouldn't even like sleep. Uh, like, I, you know, I would offer like, Hey man, I'll get you like a separate cabin or something like that. And he, he refused. Like he, I, I know that may be dream world for some guys, but he, he decided he slept with the guys, man. He was hanging out just like an eel. Well, and i tell you what, first of all, uh, I'm glad to hear your pastor's involved in D now that's something, you know, listeners super easy. Usually a D now is at your local church. So your pastor should some have some interaction with that. Camp can be a little harder depending upon proximity. 
You know, so obviously if your pastor is willing to go for a week, that's awesome. I can think in my mind right now of numerous pastors that come to camp or have been to camp. I actually had one one time, and this is a handful of years ago, but he pulled me aside at the end of the week. And I had engaged with him a few times over the course of the week. He'd come to youth ministers meeting, which is totally cool when your pastor is sitting next to you in youth ministers meeting. They see the value not only of the experience, but how you're leading your students. And that's pretty cool. So you can get your pastor, but it's awesome. Just personally, push one of my favorite things is youth ministers meeting. I know not all guys love it, but dude, I absolutely love that moment. It's good so thing. refreshing. So anyway, it's keep going. Sorry. It's a good thing. No, but at the end of this week, this pastor pulls me aside in the lobby. Uh, we were at Covenant College at Lookout Mountain, beautiful place. He pulls oh, me aside in the lobby so and he says, hey, he says, hey, hey, man. And I said, yeah. And so what? He said, I've really been thinking and I've been praying about this. You know, sometimes I wonder how much we think and how much we pray. Um, but he said, I've been thinking, I've been praying about this. Would you be willing to do this for, for deacons? And what? I said, hmm. excuse me? <laughs> what, what? He said, <laughs> he, said, he said, my deacons, my deacons need this experience. Could you do like a deacon week? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think we're going to get into like camps for deacon week. Yeah. You know, that kind of deal. Yeah. I said, That's kind of your responsibility. <laughs> Maybe you need to go on a deacon retreat and kind of create yeah. that experience. But what happened was this pastor had had a phenomenal week. And he saw the value of camp, and he said, man, this would be valuable for the rest of my, my leadership and the rest of my people. So Very that's, cool. you know, obviously the extreme, get your pastor to come and get super excited where he wants to do Deacon Week. But there's all sorts of other ways your pastor can be involved. One, um, it could be as simple as FaceTime or Skyping in one night. And, you know, hey, we're doing our church group time in the evenings or, or whenever we do that at our particular camp. And our pastor is going to Skype in right now and give a message real quick, and students are going to watch that. And it's engaging. And hey, I've been praying for you. You know, you can uh, get your your pastor participating by sending them daily email updates or text messages. Hey, here's ways to pray for us here at camp. Sometimes I see pastors that are like, you know what? I've not been able to go, but when that van or that bus comes back, I meet them there at the parking lot. Yeah, and, good uh, stuff. Just like parents yeah. are picking up kids, the pastor shows up at the parking lot and says, "Hey, I hope it's been a phenomenal week. Let me pray for you guys this week as we kind of go into the real world now." And let's make sure what happened at camp really has great value. I love you. Super excited. Or even as simple as this. I went to camp. My pastor didn't do any of those things. Um, or maybe they did all of those things. But I got an extra camp t-shirt at camp for my pastor. I come home now. I'm going to put my camp pastor in this t-shirt. And on Sunday morning, he's going to get up and stand in front of our group because all of our kids are wearing their t-shirts or whatever. And he's going to be like, hey, I just want to tell you, our kids have been away this week. He's going to be wearing it over his uh, shirt and tie, you know. But I'm just now he's going to reveal it like Superman <laughs> underneath. Uh, <laughs> well, Clark Kent. Maybe we're picking. I love that. Wear it under I'm, a sport I'm, coat or something like that for the, the day. But I'm just simply saying, if you have a strategy, it goes back to the word strategy. Um, if you have a strategy, you can usually achieve some things. Now, some of you out there may say, "Man, my pastor won't do any of that stuff." And I just simply say, "God bless you." Keep chopping, keep chopping, keep chopping, keep trying. What you don't want to be is be the person who never invited your pastor to any Seriously. of that stuff. And part of that, Roger, what I was going to say there is part of that is that moment where uh, a meeting with your pastor. Because, man, I know we all wish our pastors would naturally just do a lot of these things we just talked about. But that said, I would say this. Don't underestimate how hard it is for a pastor at times to figure out how and what's okay, and whether or not they should be stepping on your toes or not. I think there's, at times for them, it's a real challenge to know what you would like them to do. So I think part of that would be just taking the time to sit down and have a meeting. 
even with a list like you just you just gave us, Roger, and saying, hey, uh, here are some ideas. Are any of these things something you might like to consider consider doing? You know, and uh, just casting that vision uh, to your pastor instead of sitting back going, well, my pastor never does anything. I'm like, well, have you ever invited your pastor to do anything? Have you ever? Yeah, I would say even going in with little expectation, just simply say, "Hey, I just put together a list here on our strategy. We just put together a list of some intersection points for you. If any of these work for you, and man, we'd love would, for you to be part of." And it. I think you, yeah, and telling him you think he would be a he could be a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah. huge. And, and what, well, in vision, right? Just, he's got to understand why you're. He's got to understand why you're doing camp. Exactly. Like, like even going back to what you said earlier, like if if he recognizes camp as a essential element for seeing the lives of your students transformed and not just another event or something you're doing, but he sees that there is real value and significance there. I think he's much more likely to really support and stand in. Oh, buy-in will go way up, not only in your student ministry, but also in in your ministry and you as a person. By the way, the same thing is true with parents, inviting as many parents as possible. I I told that pastor with the deacon week, I told them, I said, hey, man, invite those deacons to come as leaders. You know, first of all, you don't have to have kids in the student ministry to come. I don't know about that. You may have deacons. But inviting as many of your parents as possible. And, and, uh, you know, when when we think about our pastor as well, this whole concept of baptism, you know, if if you're a a faith that obviously baptized by immersion when you come back, you know, that kind of deal— You'll see a lot of times kids be baptized a couple of weeks after camp. And guess what? Your pastor is probably going to be involved with that. So yeah. the more you intersect with that on the front end and the experience, even if it was, hey, I was praying for the kids every day. I was getting updates for, for from Chris or Jody or whoever my youth pastor is. And just God did some amazing things. I'm here with John. John, one of the things you did is pray to receive Christ. You know, so my point is there's more connection there. I'm not the biggest fan of baptisms at camp. You kind of see that a little bit, you know, let's go to the swimming pool. Let's go to the, the lake. I'm not the biggest fan with that. We won't facilitate that. If somebody asks us, we'll, we'll definitely try to help them. But the reason why I'm not the biggest fan is I really feel like that's something that happens in front of your faith family. Um, yeah, local church, local church. Yeah. It's a local church function and, you know, heaven forbid. Well, and I just feel like parents, if I mean, man, I don't know. I'm I, as a parent, right? I would be excited for my kid, but I would be extremely disappointed oh, that I would. And yeah, I know people I would, call would and well. get permission, yeah. but I feel like if it's hard for a parent to say no, right? If you're calling and getting permission to baptize their kid at camp, and I mean, they all. I just feel like you put a parent in an impossible situation, personally. And again, I know guys do it, and sometimes that's the culture and the expectation at your churches and camps. But personally, um, I just think. The baptism process, regardless of the you know your denominational yeah. affiliation and mode of that, has such an opportunity to proclaim the gospel even beyond what happened at camp. And I think too another thing that it does is it helps propel that momentum after camp exactly. into those other fifty-one. Well, weeks and I of think the year. it's just honoring your mother and your father. I think it's honoring your church family and. Uh, well, I was at a camp many years ago again, and a bunch of kids from this particular church prayed to receive Christ, and they were going to do a huge baptism there at camp. And I mean, when I say a bunch of kids, they had a lot of them, um, and they were all doing their thing to, to, to be baptized. And one particular kid, I overheard the conversation because I was trying to help the church facilitate it. They had just had so many. We were trying to help them facilitate it. 
in a, in a swimming pool. Um, and, uh, again, I said, Hey, this is your function with your church. But this one particular kid, I overheard the conversation at the end of worship and he said, are you getting baptized to his friend? Um, because his friend evidently had, had responded in faith as well. And his friend said, no, I'm not. And he said, why not, man? We're all doing it tonight. And he said, you know what? My mom and dad have been praying for me for years. Mm-hmm. And he said, mm-hmm. I think I owe it to them to do it with them in, uh, in their presence. And I, I'm getting a little teary eyed right now. I mean, I had tears on my face because I said, you know, of all these kids tonight, that's the kid that got it. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. the kids. They may have totally got it. But my point is this kid understands that people have been praying for this moment in his life. And awesome that it happened at camp. But now he's going to go back and honor his mother and father and his faith family as they celebrate together what the Lord has done now in him and hopefully now through him. Yeah, and and, and, and it's an opportunity also when you take that back to the local church to – uh, to, to, to really tell the story of the impact camp can have, which will also help you when it comes to the fundraising moments to, it, it, it's a big circular type thing where yeah. and it'll help with all of that with getting the church fan with maybe people not again, so frustrated that church fan was a mess when you got back all those things, whenever they're able to see the fruit of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, okay. Is, so let's taking making videos and things like that. You oh, don't, yeah. don't, you don't feel the pressure to make the video. You got ten kids in your youth group that can do it better than you can, Seriously. so let them make the video that you're going to show on Sunday or social media or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So let's pretend. So, so um, you know, let's think about. So, you know, we talked about promotion a lot, and we've kind of bounced in and out of some other things here. But when it comes to like, I'm headed to camp here, maybe in a couple of weeks, or I'm headed to camp a month from now. The really getting ready for camp part, or is there anything that comes to your mind? as far as preparing for camp, things that youth pastors maybe that are fairly new at this ought to be remembering uh, when it comes to the actual preparing part? Well, first of all, I think when we think about promotion and we think about preparing, a lot of times our minds immediately go to details. Okay. I got it. We mentioned housing forms or medical release forms or all these details, getting kids signed up. And, you know, one of the things we have to be careful of is being so busy that we forget the reason why we're doing it. So I think in the conversation of preparing, Chris, it's it's to prepare ourselves for what God's going to do. And the reality is there are certain things that only he can do. And so what I like to do is I like to say, hey, let's make sure we're spiritually preparing ourselves. You know, one of the things I love in the Old Testament, you kind of go in and they would, uh, the Old Testament priests would prepare the, the temple, they'd prepare the altar, and then they would have everything ready for God to show up and do what only he can do. Um, but they would even when you think about the Passover meal, you know, or something like that, they're going to go cleanse their house and they're going to prepare for what's about to happen. And sometimes I think in our in our, our mindset today, we kind of just run into the next thing, run into the next thing, run into the next thing. Um, and so I think when I would talk about preparing, I would go really spiritual um, and talk about the spiritual impact. You know, think about doing things like seven days of prayer leading up to camp. Um, things about you know, putting thematic things on social media. Now it's no longer, hey, sign up, sign up, sign up. Yeah, there's those opportunities all the way up until the night before camp or the day of camp sometime. But beginning to think about that, using your Wednesday night or two Wednesday nights before camp to begin to to preach towards or speak towards what God's going to do during that week thematically. Again, sometimes camps provide those types of things content-wise, um, but really getting into that type of, uh, of conversation um, where we're preparing our hearts, preparing our minds. 
I've seen some people do it well there where they give you a five-day devotional or a seven-day devotional. Hey, before we get to camp, I want you to begin to go through these questions or think about stuff. It could be a PDF that you create. Um, so there's a lot of things I think you can do with, with preparing. You know, I would say from the details perspective, I just give you three words, communication, communication, communication. Overly communicating all details and all things, including what time the bus is leaving. Yeah, and I would I would say, like, make sure we talked earlier even about make uh, Chris. You mentioned thinking through the sign up process um, and recognizing that it is a task yeah. for parents to sign up for a billion things. They're going and like as a parent, we're dealing. With, man, we this morning my kids like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I have to have this today. Uh, well, you've had it for three weeks, you know, and so I think. Uh, you know, as we're thinking through that sign up process, I think even like check in, even with like 10 or 15 kids, like where are they going to put their stuff? Where, how are you going to check them in? How are you going to load the van? Or the, you know, if you've got a bigger group, that becomes even more important. Guys, lunches, girls, if you don't, ditch, all that type of stuff. If you don't think through that, something's going to get left at the church or somebody's going to get left somewhere, you know? And so uh, even in the detail section, thinking through, up until you leave, right? Where do you go? And if you're going to stop and eat on the way, okay, where's the plan on that? If you've got multiple people driving, does everybody have a map? Do you have a way to communicate? Do you have, you know, all of those types of things are, are little things that who's going to lock up, who's going to lock up the church when you leave. Yeah. Cause that will never happen if you don't plan for that. I mean, that. I'm serious. Like, I mean, it's uh, all those. No, yeah, I'm serious. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Is that a problem, Chris, if you leave and the church is not locked up, is that really an issue? Uh, it could be, it could be, uh, <laughs> In Atlanta, it's a problem. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, Jody, yeah. you use the term leaders see around corners. So yeah. the reality is as a leader, and if you're a youth minister or you're a volunteer, you are the leader. You have to see what your students don't see. You don't just get the privilege of jumping on the bus or the van and thinking, oh, it's going to be a fun time. Um, you have to think ahead uh, with all those realities. How long? Where we stop? And all those types of things. And I know we may say that seems like a given, but it's amazing how many times it's not a given. Here's something Here's something that's yeah. not a given. Hey, the camp we're going to, is it a different time zone than ours? Wow, didn't think about that. <laughs> you know, we actually yes. going something right across the time zone, didn't think about that, and I didn't factor that in. Happens all the time at camp. Um, or we weren't planning on it taking quite as long. Or when I travel with my family, it doesn't take this long. I heard um, about a guy. I heard about a guy who uh, signed his kids up for <laughs> a week of camp, and uh, showed up to the camp uh, the week he thought he had signed up uh, for camp, and he had actually signed up for a different camp and didn't have anywhere to stay, didn't have places, and uh, I totally got that mixed up. Well, have you ever had, had anybody? Have you ever had people show up to like camp uh, thinking that they had signed up, and you're going, "Dude, you're not signed I, up." I, I pulled week. up one time in Louisiana. I was at a place called Louisiana Tech, and I pulled up on a Friday, oh, and I sorry. see a church. <laughs> I see I've been church. to La Tech, bro. Hey, man, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. we got new dorms, okay. all sorts of okay. stuff. It's really, okay. really good stuff. And Chick-fil-A all, right. all day. It's like camp at the mall. Okay. Um, and so I pull up at this particular uh, campsite on a Friday, and I see a church van. You know, we just finished camp that morning. Everybody left, and I see a church van. And I'm like, so I, I, I called uh, our event coordinator, and I said, um, hey, is this church supposed to be with us this next week? And they're like, yeah, they're registered for Monday. It's Friday. They're registered for Monday. So I sure enough uh, walk up and meet the youth pastor. I actually went to college with him. Oh, I no. his wife. Yeah. So I was like, hey, man, 
And um, he said, where's everybody? And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're here for camp. I was like, camp doesn't start till Monday. He said, no. He said, you sent me an email, and I was wondering why the dates changed and the speaker changed. And I said, when did you get that email? He said, in May. I said, did you notice at the top of it it had a different year on it? Well, what happened was he got the dates for the next year. Oh, nice. In his mind, it was like, oh, we just changed the dates and we changed the camp. You know, same location. And nice. so he showed up three full days early. We worked it out. Parents on Ooh. vacation, cruises, and a lot of pizza for three days in Frisbee. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a little oh, thing. Gracious. Just making sure you check off the details. You don't uh, live I mean, those I, moments down as a youth pastor, I'm telling you, man. You do not well, live it, them down. It, it, you do not. But, but too, like for instance, you know, we do camp at Winston-Salem. It's in Wake Forest. That's not Wake Forest, North Carolina. That's Winston. No, it's not. It happens all the time. I lived in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and people came to Wake Forest, North Carolina, looking for Wake Forest University, which is two hours away. It happens all the time, and people are then two to four hours late because they go to the wrong place. Same thing. We showed up at the YMCA out in Colorado. Well, there's multiple YMCAs. You're going to Estes Park, not Winter Park. You know, So just little mm. things like that. So when I say details, making sure we've Googled it, we know exactly where we're going, You know, we've got the address, all of those details. Hey, I've done it with my family. We've gone the wrong way around a mountain, and four hours later, you know, we're finally there. Every kid in my car is looking at me. The same thing, you do not want that as a youth pastor. And in this day and age of digital connection, you do not want them on day one talking to mom and dad about, yeah, our youth pastor didn't even know where we were going. That does not create a lot of security mm. and calmness for the week. Or was Now, and if you're not a details person, because – you know, I think a lot of youth pastors tend to not be super detail driven. Like you have people, parents, volunteers who are those people. Um, and so utilize your team for some of that, but you still need to know the plan. You're like, still in charge. You can't have, you're the, you're the one everyone's looking to, exactly. but, but a lot of this administrative detail stuff you know, if, if that's just not your thing, man, well, I, then, I re- then find somebody. Who I read it. a lot of history books, and one of my favorite genres is, is World War II. You know, every pilot has something called a navigator. Yeah. You know, and the reality is you don't want to be that person who's doing everything. You know, every pilot has a bombardier. Every pilot, you know, and so my point is it takes a team to do what we do. So, so create a team around you. And you may say, well, that's just yeah, my context. I promise you you've got somebody else that you can rely on. It just goes back to communication, communication, communication. Totally. Yeah, if they don't know there's a need, they're not going to step into that. All right, so hey, so I've made it to camp, Roger. I'm at camp now. I'm I'm there. I'm sitting at camp. I'm at yeah. a matter of fact, I love Covenant College, so I'm at Covenant right now. I'm at Covenant hanging out. Uh participation in camp 3 Ps. I don't ever when I preach or teach, I never use like whatever this is alliteration. So you use like we use yeah. it, uh, uh but anyway, participation, like ha- any tips on Things you've seen uh, that uh, when you get to camp, ways to participate that week that'll help, including maybe just a brief conversation. One of the things you said earlier was, you know, uh, getting away from everything. Gosh, man, 15 years ago, that was sure a whole lot easier. You showed up to camp and you really were disconnected from everything. Uh, 30 years ago when I went to camp, you know, for me, it was getting away from MTV, you know, and uh, my MTV. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Whatever, Jody. <laughs> so, ministry uh, television. We know that's all you watch. That, that's right. Yeah. So, I've seen this. you know, um, participation in that week. What, what comes yeah. to mind? Well, you know, obviously, I think uh, 
I want to talk about a couple things. I really want to focus on the role of the youth pastor as far as participation goes. But one of the things you, you said, Chris, was the whole conversation about technology, cell phones in particular. You know, for us, we don't dictate, we don't mandate either way, no cell phones. Or we did years ago, but we don't anymore because, you know, for so many kids, the cell phone is their, their Bible. It's their, their watch. You take cell phones away from kids, a lot of times they, they're never on time because nobody owns a watch. Um, unless they're, you know, just have some designer thing going on. Um, uh, but the cell phone is an interesting conversation. And so a making, whole nother podcast, just yeah. all cell phones. Seriously. Yeah. We but could do but it. making yeah. sure that it's being used in the right directions and the right ways. Um, and then even communication with home, uh, can be really, really delicate there. So you really got to, again, be prepared on how you're going to handle that. Don't get in the moment. You know, don't get in the moment where you get to a dorm and a kid thought it was going to be just like their room. And now they're texting pictures from home, you know, to home to mom. And mom's like, I can't believe my kid's sleeping in that dorm, you know, that kind of deal. Or I've had kids on mission trips where they've said, hey, we're in a sa- we're in a place that's not safe. And they're texting home and they're totally in a place that's safe. There's police officers there. They're on a mission trip, you know, but mom and dad are freaking out. Freaking because, out. Yep. And so you got to be prepared in those scenarios. So once you get there, you, you said, Hey, we're at camp. We're actually at camp that cell phones are used for the right reasons, communication tools. But specifically what I would uh, focus on is you as the youth pastor, you as the youth leader. And one of the things I think is really, really important. is, like I said, use this time wisely. Maybe you have maybe 96 hours, you know, at camp or something like that. Um, and so one of the things I like to remind myself and I like to remind uh, guys and gals that are with us is that you're a minister of the gospel. You're not a minister of games. And so it's really easy to focus on the fun. And that's true. We want to have a great time. We want to have fun. Fun kind of unlocks, you know, the opportunity to do whatever, whatever we want to accomplish. Um, but what we want to do is we want to make sure that we walk away. And like I said earlier, it's not just a fun trip with a T-shirt, but there is actually extreme value in what happens. Um, and so, uh, episode I would make- 50, episode 54, top 10 games, episode 55, Roger saying, you're not a minister of games. <laughs> the, the reality. Well, that's because he probably listened to our description of those games <laughs> and realized you guys. One of the things we do with Wine 360 is games for youth ministry. I love games, you know, uh, we, we love those types of deals, but what happens is those unlock the opportunity for us to do our calling. My point is, as a yeah. pastor, you're not called to be a rec leader. Uh, 100%. You're not called to be a rec minister. You're called to use those tools, whatever tools you can have. You're called to use them to unlock the opportunity to advance the gospel in and through students. And so what happens at a camp, and I like to call it a hit list. And people are like, what? You know, I'm a youth pastor. I got a hit list at camp. Well, what's going on here? My point is, if, if I have 15 kids or I have 96 kids, I'm going to have a hit list, and every kid's name is going to be on that list. Now, the reality is if I have 96 kids or 56 kids, i got to take that hit list, and i got to divide it up amongst my leaders. We're going to have a one-on-one faith conversation with every kid on that list. We're going to find a bench. We're going to find a rock. We're going to find a cafeteria table. We're going to find a moment walking from recreation. We're going to find a late-night lobby conversation. We're going to have a one-on-one conversation with every kid on my list. And say, hey, let's talk about Jesus, man. Where are you with Jesus? All that stuff. First of all, kids are at camp. They're kind of expecting it. Seriously. You know, in a spiritual yep. environment. They're kind of expecting those types of conversations. But what I just tell my adult leaders is when we leave at the end of the week, I don't want anybody to walk away and I say, well, we just don't know. 
Now, obviously, kids can yeah. leave and say, you know, I'm not a believer. I just don't believe. You know, I've had kids tell me, you know, in foul language, you know, they, they don't have any desire, you know, for this. I had a girl one time tell me, she said, I don't like singing here on earth. Why would I want to spend eternity singing to God? <laughs> you know, but the point was we had the conversation. And by the way, if you're ever having a conversation with a young lady and you're a guy, let's make sure there's other ladies that are there and vice versa. Um, it's really even with guys, you, you know, if you're a male youth pastor, you need to kind of do those things in public environments and different things like that. But the reality is when you walk away from a camp experience, those 96 hours, precious time, making sure that you got your list and you're saying, hey, you know what? We know now getting on our van or our bus where every one of these kids kind of stands. I, I actually have my list. I like doing it the old-fashioned way or going into an Evernote or something like that. And I write notes down. John has, you know, maybe John, I don't know John. John has a Kansas City Royals hat on. Hey, you like baseball, John? That's awesome. I'm going to early in the week kind of connect with him on baseball. But we're going to have a conversation one-on-one. And, you know, I may have loved, found out that the kid loves baseball. And so now my conversation with him one-on-one is I'm going to be talking about, hey, let's talk about God. That's kind of like first base, John. You know, let's talk about, you know, the fact that we have sin in our life. This is how that happened. Because really, Jesus is like third base getting you home. Um, You know, let's kind of talk about But now I'm connecting with John because I had this one-on-one conversation with him. He's like, oh, man, nobody's ever really explained that to me or nobody's even taken the time, you know, to, to talk with me. I don't have a clue who Moses and Noah is or whatever. But because now Sally, one of my adult leaders, took time to sit down with Sarah and have that one-on-one conversation, this whole moment is unlocked. And so, again, go back to your hit list, participate, engage, have fun. I think it's important for your kids to see you leading, and that's not just standing in front of the group. That's in worship participating, you know, participating in worship, kind of going about stuff, looking for opportunities to hand responsibility off to other people. You know, Chris, you're famous for just sitting around doing nothing. Um, yeah, you know, Is that my- true? No, no. My, my point is for a guy like Chris, though, he's going to use the moment to say, I'm going to sit in the lobby and have a conversation. And a lot of times it's that Martha and Mary type deal. We're running around taking care of so many details that we don't just sit sometimes. Um, I think it's important for youth pastors at camp to find moments for themselves to be being fed. Go have time with the, the Lord, you know, and that may mean you got to get up earlier. It may mean you have to stay awake later at night, and that's going to be hard. Getting with your adult leaders every day. I don't care if you're a small church like you were, Jody, which is two adult leaders, or you're a large church and you have 35 every day. You need to have a conversation with your adult leaders. How are your students doing? What's going on? That kind of deal. Having a texting chain, having whatever you choose to do. But again, making sure that we're maximizing, you know, those moments uh, with with connection and and everything we go. And so, yeah, it can't, can't just amazing what can happen there. But we have to have a strategy, we have to be intentional, and we have to maximize the moment. Do you see a lot of youth pastors pulling away from their groups at camp? Like, um, I've noticed, not even just at camps, but uh, different things, conferences or things that that I'm at with, with students, where I see a lot more of like the youth pastor lounge, which I'm, I'm not against, we, but I see, yeah, I'm not against that, but I, I, you know, maybe you got to pop in and you want to grab coffee or you need to check something, but I, I tend to see the same youth pastors in there almost every time I go in, which isn't very often, I guess, but it could just be coincidence. Yeah, you're just in there all the uh, time with them. You just don't want to tell us that. That's it. We're just hanging out. But like, I, I, I think, um, because the nature of ministry is so exhausting, and summer, particularly in youth ministry, can be 
man, just a rat race to the finish, right? Um, what I seem to be noticing more and more is the tendency for a lot of youth pastors to not be as intentional in this aspect that we're talking about now with relationships, just kind of taking the kids, expecting that the kids are going to have a great time because camp is there and they're kind of going to use it to go kind of hang out and get a a bit of a a break. Um, so not completely like I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be misunderstood here. You know, I think one of the things too, it goes back to the type of camp you choose and it goes to your ministry strategy, you know, really what you want to do and how you want to interact. You can find camps out there, where your kids are going to be exhausted at the end of the day and they're going to be with other people all day long and you're going to hardly have seen them and you're going to be off doing your own tracks and your own deals and stuff like that. You know, if that's your, if that's your deal, awesome. You know, there's a reason why Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors. You know, everybody likes different, different options here. Yep. Um, and so if that's your deal, that's, that's fantastic. Go for it. I, I oftentimes say, and this is probably not very PC, but I oftentimes say nobody likes to teeter totter with a fat kid. You know, because the point is that you're out of balance. You don't do anything. You just sit there in the air. Um, and and yeah. the reality is we have to create balance. And so what we want to do is we want to have really good interaction and really good engagement with our students. But at the same time, I do think it's healthy to have some time for just yourself. Just, uh, you know, kind of doing that. I, I one time saw a BP gas truck and it was on the side of the road out of gas. I thought that was kind of ironic. In the back, it has gas for everybody else, but it had no gas for itself. Um, and kind of yeah. student ministry can be like that a lot of times. We're constantly pouring out. We're constantly giving. So we interact with a lot of youth pastors, uh, YM360, and at camp uh, that, that we're at. You know, we're interacting with a lot of guys. They're just tired. A lot of gals, they're just like, I'm just yeah. done. Yeah. And so what happens for them at camp, it becomes a real energizing moment for them to remember what they do. Now, that remembering comes by spending time with students, because if you hate students, you're not in the right spot. But at the same time, kind of maybe having some breathe moments. Um, and so what I would say is, hey, look at your day, go engage with your students. But like the way the way I do camp is, you know, let's say in the morning or the afternoon, they're in Bible study. Well, they might be, you know, off doing uh, connecting activities or different things like that. Maybe you want to go engage with them during those connecting activities. But during the Bible study time, you might want to say, you know what? I want them to be with my adult leaders. I want them to be. I want to. I don't want to hover. And so maybe during that time, that's your two or three hours to kind of get some downtime. You maybe feel a pressure to say, I got to check my email. I still got life going on. Or maybe your family's back home. Now we can also talk about families being with you at camp. I think that's awesome. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. But specifically during this particular time, I think it's good to have a good balance of heavy interaction with your kids, but also letting your kids breathe a little bit and spend time with other people, whether that be a rec leader from the camp, a Bible study leader, their adult leader that came with you, you know, whatever, that you don't have to be the star of the show all the time. But, and it's okay. And, yeah. and keep in mind here, folks, that it, it's okay not to take a group. In other words, like if, so if you're going to a camp where they have small groups or they have family groups or whatever that looks like, it's okay to allow your volunteers, allow your workers to do that and free yourself up in that moment. Um, I definitely don't think it's time for you to go take a nap, uh, during that time. Uh, but I do think it's time where you are preparing for the rest of the day. Most likely you're going to be leading church time that night. Uh, or something like that. Uh, and you do have to be intentional about sitting with students uh, at lunch and dinner and hanging out, uh, no doubt. 
but it is okay not to tie yourself down, to lock yourself down, to having to sit around a small group and allowing your other folks to do that. Uh, and for you to get a little bit, because most likely you're going to be the first one up and most likely you're going to be the last one down. And those times that you're talking about, Chris, you know, too, that's a good time for you to just be encouraged. You know, maybe you're interacting with the staff. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you want to be with your students, but maybe on some of those downtimes, you, you can go to that youth worker lounge or, or the office or, you know, having a conversation, you know, with somebody and, and what you'll find is you'll find great fuel and energy in that conversation as well. Well, it's also an opportunity for you to post some pictures from camp for people back so, home to kind of be the, you know, kind of manage that stuff in that moment. So that part's huge. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I'm with you, Roger, on bring your family, man, whenever possible. Uh, super huge. You know, we've talked about that. I think in some other episodes before just the importance of family, uh, Jody. And, you know, that said, um, you do have to cast a vision for your church to help them understand why you would want to do that. Yeah. Uh, in the first place, uh, hopefully yeah. you can cast a vision in a way that allows them to uh, help foot the bill for that. Uh, but I think to make sure, though, that that you're, you know, create a situation where you uh, are going to still do your job. You're not going to be dad in that moment. And you really got a plan for that, uh, especially when you roll into camp and your wife is there with the little ones and it's got a pack and play and two extra suitcases uh, you have to be the youth pastor in that moment, and you probably need a senior in your group that you really trust. Maybe help her get to her room, uh, you know, I mean, or something you know, like that. You know what, Chris? Um, I'm a firm believer in what you're talking about. Uh, in our world, with my family, we call it family on mission, and it's just really important. Don't you guys me. have a? There's a hashtag. I think they're like a. Is it they're a Roger David? Like, don't y'all have like a Davis hashtag or something like that that y'all we do? do? We do our hashtag with our whatever the year is, and then Davis six, you know that type of deal. But we use the hashtag right. family on mission as well. But one of the reasons for that is I want my kids to grow up in a way where they're not saying, "Well, this is what Dad does. Dad's always off doing his deal." But it's more like, "No, this is what we do." This is what we do as a family. And, you know, I engage my kids involved in it. They're involved in in what's happening. My wife as well. Um, Actually, when when I joined up with YM360, you know, like I said, I did student life for 19 years. Wasn't sure what that was going to look like transitioning. I actually um, had lots of conversations about next seasons and just really prayerfully considering. Um, And in one of my conversations, really spending time with some of my friends at the IMB, I actually said to my wife, I said, you know, they do a really good job, International Mission Board, uh, they do a really good job of taking care of families. If we ever do camp again or, you know, events again, let's make sure we do a really good job of taking care of families. We've had that conversation for years talking about our family. And then so when we when we uh, just felt like the Lord was leading us to continue to, to be in next generation ministry, and obviously specifically with the outpouring of that being generate the camp that, that we currently do, we said, you know what, we're going to create an avenue for, for kids. And so we, we created something called Kids Academy, Kids Academy of Awesomeness. I have a former youth pastor. That's what they call their homeschool. So we called it Kids Academy of Awesomeness. And if you're five years old through fifth grade, we kind of have a day camp experience for you. And so I'm telling youth pastors, bring your family with you. Don't leave them at home. But from like 10 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, we'll do a phenomenal day camp experience. I hire somebody who interacts with your students. There's another one of our staff members there, an actor or somebody like that with them. But the beautiful thing about it is now you're able to focus on your students. And even more so, your wife is able to really focus on students. I had countless comments the last couple of years where wives say, I'm usually either at home or I'm so busy focusing on our kids, I don't get to engage in conversations. And you and I both know that when your wife can have conversations with some of the young ladies in your group, it's going to make your ministry that much more effective. 
Um, and so we kind of created that. I don't even charge anything extra for that. Totally made it where, hey, we want to invest in families because of that value. So I would just look for those moments where you can kind of do that. Now, there are certain times it's not going to work. It just doesn't work. You don't need to force it. Um, and there's certain scenarios you need to be aware of that type of stuff. But I would at least ask whatever camp you go to, I would at least ask, hey, is there an opportunity for my family to come? Um, and then uh, and then try to have them go with you if you can. Yeah, I, for us, it's always been a huge priority. Um, my wife and I, I mean, we've really done student ministry from the very beginning. And, and, and we've talked, to, she's actually been on the podcast before. We've talked about what that looked like for us, so I won't go into that. But, I mean, we were taking our oldest, who's in high school now, uh, when she was six months old. You know, she was the mascot. She's, she was just there. And, and so we've always kind of made it a priority for that. We were in a situation but for the most part, we've been in a situation, I'd say, for the bulk of our ministry, where if we wanted them to come, which we believe firmly in that, then we were going to have to pay for that, yeah. put the bill for that. And we, but we knew that going in, and and so we found and made ways to do it. And we've we've been blessed along the way. Uh, you know, there have been times where people have have recognized that and have helped uh, cover that cost. But I think you know one of my biggest fears is that my kids resent what I do because I'm gone all the time. Um, and, and I want them to see and experience everything that, that they're doing, that they, they come to love the, the advantages of what we do as well. And, and, you know, oftentimes in ministry, you don't have the money to really do a vacation and not that camp is vacation. Okay. it's <laughs> not what I'm saying, but for, but you know, for my kids, when they were small, man, that, that was it. They, they loved and they still do. They love going to camp. Well, that's why we created this program, because what happens is it, it, you as a youth pastor, you become a hero in the home. And we all want to be heroes in the home. You know, you become a hero in the home. And you're like, man, dad, it was awesome. We had a phenomenal time. And, you know, it was great. So that's what you got to be careful of, because the other thing is, if you just say we're going to bring them, we're committed to bring them. But you go to a place where there's not opportunity for them to really interact or do anything. You know, you're on a you know you're doing a mission camp, and they're sitting on the sidelines the entire time. And they can't do anything. You're going to be resented a little bit more. You will not be a hero in the home. Um, and so, make sure again that you're going to the kind of place and doing the kind of thing that's really good for them. Um, and I I will find usually regardless of what camp and really even mission trip you go to, you probably can find a place where your kids can interact depending upon their age. Um, but uh, just just making that a priority is extremely important. Yeah, Roger, this has been awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, man, let me just say, you know, on behalf of youth pastors and on behalf of me as a kid uh, who back in 1987 mm-hmm. uh, was invited by a youth camp, you know, youth pastor to man, camp. you are old. Hey, that's the same you year for Jody. me that clicked, Chris. That's the same Jody. year, seven. I'm trying to be serious here people yeah. <laughs> no but it also it, that was your that was your for you what would you say right yeah. yeah that was yeah. the year it all clicked for me yeah yeah so 87 youth pastor invites me to camp i'm unchurched so as a guy who lived that uh, made the decision to follow christ that year at centrifuge uh, ridgecrest north carolina um, i know personally for my own life and my family knows uh, that it was through camp that god got a hold of my heart and literally, literally changed the entire course and direction of my life and changes it to this day. Uh, I, I, there's no question for me. Um, that's where it started. 
that's how God, you know, God used that. So camp camp holds a special place in my heart. And so just on behalf of a lot of folks that, you know, have been around camp and I know you weren't in charge then at that camp, but I know you, uh, God is using you and your team and other, uh, camp organizations, uh, to literally change kids lives. And so we, we appreciate what you do and the countless hours you and your, your team spend creating, uh, and we really appreciate just this last hour. This has been a long one, but I think it's, it, it's been really good stuff for folks who need it. Um, just the, the depth of knowledge that you have there and your approach, to wisdom. Uh, so thank you for, thank you for what you do and, and thanks for giving us this time. Well, it's that time of the year. Camp season is upon us. It is upon us, baby. So, hopefully it's good. Hey, I don't know how you guys typically you know, do this. My, my first time to be on, but would you guys mind if uh, I'd love to just pray for any youth pastor right now who's actually yeah. listening that might be in this camp season. Can I just pray for them? Heck yeah. Um, Absolutely. Kind of what we talked about. Is that cool? Yeah. If yeah, you're listening be great. right now, just in a spirit of prayer, I just want to pray this over you and for you. God, I pray for each of these men or women right now that might be in this season uh, as they as they kind of journey through these days of preparation um, and really even promoting camp and kind of what's on the horizon. Lord, I pray that you give them great passion, give them great energy, give them great focus. Um, and Lord, I pray that wherever they're going and whatever they're doing, whether it's their own small little deal at a retreat or they're going to the biggest and best legacy camp out there, that regardless of where they are this summer, that you would do what only you can do. God, I know we oftentimes, you know, spend a good bit of our, our time and sometimes even our, our church's budget and resources for this thing called camp. But at the end of the day, if you don't show up and if you don't interact with us and students, it really has little value. So we want to see great things happen, even this season, 2018, just like Chris said in 1987, that he was totally radically changed. Lord, I pray that it would be a catalytic experience in the life of countless students this summer that you would do amazing things. And that we get to be a part of that. Wow, how awesome is that, God? So thankful for each one of the listeners today. I'm on the podcast and just pray that you'd bless them in what they do. Oh, we love you. And we're so thankful for Jesus, the Christ. It's his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Thank you, sir. Hey, if uh, Roger, if folks want to connect with you beyond this, what's the easiest and best way for them well, to do so? Well, um, ym360.com is our, our website with what we do. Uh, email's real easy, roger at ym360.com. Um, you can find me on social media. They're all at, at J, the letter J, Roger Davis. Um, so really any of those, you know, things uh, are super easy to connect and would love to, to talk with people. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I know a lot of people in the camp world. And if you just wanted to say, hey, well, this is kind of what we're looking for. I imagine I could probably have a pretty good shot of pointing you in the right direction based off your ministry strategy. That's one thing I do appreciate about Roger. And if you reach out to him, one thing you'll find is although he uh, helps lead an organization and they ultimately are trying to get people to go to camp, he really does uh, care about the local church and youth pastors that he's not yeah. just trying to promote his own stuff. He is cheering on other organizations as well. And so you can trust him uh, with those kind of questions. Firm yeah, Roger, uh, I'll have every, every camp full in America and there's still kids walking around our middle schools and high schools. that don't have a clue. Thousands. So, oh, absolutely. Thousands. Yeah. No doubt. Any, uh, any resource you throw out for listeners before we go? Oh, resources, man. I, leaders are leaders, as Harry Truman once said. Um, and uh, so I would just encourage you to read, read, read. And uh, I like reading biographies. I love reading autobiographies, different things like that. Just starting one 
uh, with Churchill, just been reading one about Billy Graham and the president's his interaction there. We have a lot of resources at YM360 that I really think are great. One of them is called New, Next, and Now. It's kind of a series, but new for new believers, especially going into the camp season. Um, phenomenal four-week follow-up study. You can see that on our website again, YM360.com, but new believers. It's extremely important to get kids plugged in immediately into that. But for us, reading as much as we possibly can, and then obviously making sure that kids are uh, starting starting out correctly in the devotions. Awesome. Well, Roger, thanks for uh, giving up some time again, man. It's been awesome. Appreciate what you guys do, all right? Yeah, man. Appreciate you, Roger. Thank you, man, so much. Yeah, we'll catch you later, Roger. Hey, well, there you have it. Great interview with our friend Roger Davis. Uh, tons to process there. Definitely, I think, an episode that you're probably going to want to go back and listen to a few times. Uh, don't forget, head over to the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 055. All of the links and resources mentioned you can uh, grab from that page. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you subscribe to it in iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you hear the, um, every episode as they come out each week. And head over to thelongerhall.com while you're there. Jump on the mailing list so you can get all of those goodies. But that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. We will see you in next week's episode. Until then, stay at it and give them Jesus. Later. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com. 